Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Thursday, July 8th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So we have the big interview with Donald Trump today for you. I think you'll appreciate it. It's right to the point. Uh, cover a lot of ground. Um, we're going to play it for you in a minute. I want to set it up. So yesterday, after I finished taping this broadcast, um, I got in a helicopter and I flew to central New Jersey from Long Island, about 45, 50 minute flight. Nice flight. We have a good pilot. Um, but he couldn't take me back because there were thunderstorms and you don't want to be in a helicopter with thunderstorms. So I had to drive back. It was fun. Um, it was a long, long day. I got uh, into bed about 1.30 a.m., uh, but it's, that's what I do. No whining here. Um, so I go to uh, Donald Trump's golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. Beautiful club. Hale Irwin was there. You know, a lot of big-time golfers like to play the course. And uh, I interviewed Donald Trump, and you'll see it. And there was breaking news because of the lawsuit that Mr. Trump has filed against the social media companies. So I was lucky in the sense that I walked into a breaking news situation and we got that and the other subjects that I wanted to cover. It is kind of a preview of the history tour that we're going to launch in December. It's the same kind of style and questioning. So you'll see it here and we hope that you'll want to see it in person. So we'll begin with the lawsuit. So this is a federal class action lawsuit, and it is filed by Donald Trump, and other people can join him. It's filed in Florida, which has passed a new law, as you may know, we reported on it, that if an American citizen who lives in Florida believes that his or her rights are being violated by social media companies, you can sue. You have standing in the state of Florida. As soon as that happened, I knew Trump was going to do this. And um, he has. So the suits are directed at Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, Sandar Pichai of Google and YouTube. And it's a big deal. As I said yesterday, Donald Trump doesn't have to pay for this because his political action committees are handling it. There's a lot of big attorneys. And this is a landmark case. And that is where we begin the Trump O'Reilly interview. Go. So the uh, lawsuit against the social media companies is unprecedented, number one, and could be a game changer for the country, number two. Are your lawyers prepared, though, for the war? Because it will be a war. You know that. Are they prepared for it? Everything's a war. With me, life is a war. And yeah, we're prepared. And somebody had to do it. Uh, I made a big speech in Florida the other day. We had 48,000 people, and the people are screaming, when are you going to sue social media big tech? Everybody's wanted me to do this. Uh, they're bad. They're bad people, and they're doing bad things, and they're really hurting our nation. They may be in the process of destroying our nation. We're not going to let that happen. Their defense is going to be that you incited the Capitol riot. How will your attorneys handle that? Well, it's very easy. Number one, I didn't. Number two, they did a whole big report and investigation in Congress. It was released two weeks ago. And in that report, they don't even mention my name. Number three, I said to the Secretary of Defense, 
because I knew how big that rally was. I think you might have had a million people at that rally. That was a big rally. Nobody likes to talk about that. And they were there, in my opinion, because of election fraud, the fraudulent election of 2020. And in my opinion, uh, that will be a case that will be easy. And uh, I think we're going to do very, very well. Uh, there was a lot of reasons for people to be there. It was covered unfairly by the press, but the report came out by Congress and it didn't even mention my name, let alone anything else. So we're in very good shape. They're going to want to take a deposition from you. You're going to sit for a deposition? Sure. I mean, I look forward to it, actually. I look forward to it. I love talking about the election fraud because it was the most fraudulent election. Well, I think we've had a lot of them, frankly. You have new stuff you're going to put forth? Your attorneys have new things that oh, the public Oh, we have a lot heard? of new things. It's not so new if you read the newspapers because a lot of it comes out. A very big lawsuit in Georgia that's really going incredibly well. No, but I know from your point of view, are you going to introduce new evidence to show that you are being persecuted by the social media companies? Oh, well, you know, I don't think we need new evidence, Bill. Look, they took me off Twitter. In fact, they actually gave a certain sentence that I said, and it was the most modest sentence I think I've said in a long time, if you want to know the truth. They were just looking for a reason. And yet Hamas, dictators that want to blow up the world, so many people are the worst people in the world are on. And they don't get red flagged. I get red flagged everything we said. No, no, we're coming full blast. We have tobacco company lawyers. They wanted to do this case so badly. I wanted to do the case so badly. And I think we have tremendous evidence. Now, will we get more? Probably. But if we didn't have any more evidence, we have plenty. Can you imagine they take the president, sitting president of the United States off, but they leave people from Iran that say death to Israel, death to America. Uh, and they're still on the uh, social media. They don't even get, they don't even get, they don't get flagged. Not what? that I see, they don't get flagged. You know Zuckerberg and Dorsey. You know them, you yeah. met with them at the White House. That's right. Why are they doing this to you? I guess they have different views. I guess they felt that the voice was very strong, that they don't want to have that point of view. I, I think that, look, what do we want? I want strong military. I want great education for our children. I want good housing at low prices. I want uh, uh, economic success. We want jobs. We want powerful everything. We want Space Force, which we need to protect ourselves. We fell so far behind, and now we're ahead. I rebuilt the entire military. I want the things that, it's common sense. You know, somebody said conservative. They don't want that? It's common. I don't think so. I guess not. You think it's personal that they despise I, I don't you? know what it is exactly. I know that I had tens of millions of people on Twitter and Facebook, tens of millions. Right. Uh, Zuckerberg came into my office. He said, congratulations, he you're number one. He was deferential to you, wasn't he? Didn't he kiss oh, your butt? Oh, he was. He, there was nobody more so. Didn't Zuckerberg kiss your butt? Well, you know that, and I will say the answer is an absolute yes. In fact, he came to uh, dinner at the White House on more than one occasion, and we had a dinner with just uh, Melania, myself, he and his wife, who's lovely and had a great dinner, but walked in and said, congratulations. I said, on what? You're number one on Facebook. I said, thank you very much. And I then he turns around, he bans you. Yeah. Anybody else behind them, do you think? Zuckerberg I don't know. I, I don't know. We're going to find out a lot. The lawsuit's a big lawsuit. We have great lawyers. It's going to be, I think, right. very revealing. We're going to find out, and you'll be the first to know. Thank you. Okay, let's do uh, what's happening in the country now. Why are gas prices going up? Uh, they have taken our beautiful energy program, 
where we were energy independent for the first time in the history of our country. Somebody said since the 1950s. In the history of our country, not only energy independent, we had so much energy, we didn't know what to do with it. Gas prices were $1.86, and they were going lower than that. And now they're going to be three and a half, four, five, six, and seven dollars. Watch what happens. And why? they took why? it. Why? And here's the worst thing. This morning, this morning, I heard that Biden, and I don't believe it's Biden, it's his people, because he doesn't talk to a lot of people. But his people are starting to negotiate with OPEC because we need gasoline and we need oil. But why did they do it? Why did they try to attack so the So they people? say, if you believe certain people, they say because they want to drive up the price of energy so you don't use oil and so gas. It's a global warming play. Well, that, that's what they say. I don't believe that. I think it's incompetence. Number one, we can have all the global warming uh, uh, things that we want to do. We can do everything we want, but you still have the rest of the world that's filthy. And China sends up a lot. And India, our great friend India, they send up fumes and things, the likes of which you've never seen. China, you know, right now is building hundreds and hundreds of coal-fired plants. I know. While we are closing our coal plants, and we're going to these stupid windmills that are destroying our countryside. Stupid windmills? They are the dumbest thing, I tell you. <laughs> and they're expensive. And you know where they're made? They're made in China, and they're made in a place called Germany. Every one of them. Germany and China, and okay. they're put here and ruining our landscape and killing our birds, and it's a lousy energy, and it's so much more expensive. Let's get to the most important question in this interview. You ready for it? Yeah, okay. I'm always ready. All right. Do you believe as an American, not as a former president, do you believe as an American that Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is in cognitive decline? Look. I don't like to criticize other people. He certainly ran a campaign where he didn't work, and it was a rigged deal, and somebody was running it. I don't believe it was him. I really don't believe it was him. There are other people running. You know the people that I'm talking about. I certainly know the people that I'm talking about, but I don't think he's running a lot. He certainly doesn't work very hard. Does he, has, he understand? I don't know. If you watch, if you watch him on television, uh, you would certainly not think he understands. Do too you much. think he understands macroeconomics? I don't think he understands anything, but I don't get involved in that bill. That's for other people. But to do you say. think he's just not intelligent, or he's losing? Well, I can. I'd rather capacity. speak to his past. In his past, he was not known as an intelligent person. Now, I think there's something else going on. But in his past, he was never known as, like, if you said, who are the smartest people in the Senate, his name was not exactly at the top of okay. the list. So you don't think he was ever, from the jump, one of the brightest bulbs? Well, the amazing thing, he ran for president numerous times. He never got more than 1%. All of a sudden, he wins. Now, he wouldn't have won, except that Elizabeth Warren didn't get out on Super Tuesday. He would have been beaten badly by Crazy Bernie. Here's a question I've always wanted to ask you, um, and I hope you answer it. What did you write in the note that you gave to Joe Biden when you left the White House and he came in? I, I can't tell you that, and I think it's up to him, but he actually says it's up to me. But it was a warm note, and it was a note saying, do a good job. You're there. Do a good job. But I think it was a very warm note. And it was I a think positive I, note. I, I think I had an obligation to be positive, yes. You didn't because say the I election love, was rigged or anything in, in no, the note. I didn't talk about that. I okay. didn't talk about the election, frankly. The election was rigged. 
and that's coming out, but I didn't talk about okay. that. Now, here's something you and I talked about years ago, and I know you were concerned with it, and that's the rising violence on the streets of Chicago, New York, and other cities. Democrat-run cities. Why is that happening? Uh, because they've taken away the authority of police. The police are not allowed to do their jobs. Uh, the stop-and-frisk program that we had very successfully in New York, people are ashamed of it. I watched uh, Bloomberg get up and totally denounce stop Are they just this. misguided, or, or they, do they want to destroy the police? I think they're, yeah, they want to destroy the police. Why? They want to destroy. And now they're saying, oh, we don't want to defund the police. They are a party of misinformation, the Democrats. These are all Democratic-run cities. Look, in Chicago this weekend, you had 150 people shot. This isn't like Afghanistan, where you had none. You know, in Afghanistan, we haven't lost a soldier when I was there, because I did a lot of good things. We didn't lose a soldier in one year. In Chicago and in New York and these other places, you're losing them. And they're all blacks that are getting killed. It, it, for the most part, it's called black on black. It's black on black crime. It's a terrible thing. In New York, the Manhattan DA, Cy Vance, doesn't prosecute most crimes. No, they don't prosecute these people. And they don't prosecute killers. They don't prosecute drug dealers. They don't prosecute. All they prosecute. Do you know Vance? All they prosecute is Republicans. Do you know Vance? I do. I know him. And I know a lot of other people, too. And you're dealing with a group of Democrats that are really hunting for a specific Republican because I got 75 million votes plus a lot more than that. Yeah, it's a low-level beef. What they did to you, 99 out of 100, is civil. They, they do a civil action and they say you owe this tax or that tax and you pay it and you pay a fine. Criminal, I, we did research to try to find out if Cy Vance had ever done this before. We really can't find him. Maybe there were, but... They say it's never been done ever in history. So why is he doing it? Because he's told, in my opinion, to do it from Washington. They don't want me but running. But he's retiring. Why would he listen to anybody in Washington? He listens because maybe he'll go to work in Washington. You think it's a pre quote quote? Know. You, you never know what happens. Yeah. Why? Why do people do things? But uh, when you look, it's never happened in the history of the city anything like this. It's, it's really and, interesting. And what it is, is we got 75 million votes. They don't want me running again. They don't want me running again. Okay. I and, mean, look, and I think certainly a valid point of view. I think as uh, a lot of people have said, you know, when I got impeached, a phony impeachment, Russia, Russia, I, it was Hillary, it wasn't me. I went way up in the polls. When I got impeached the second time, it was 100% Democrat impeachment. And I had great support from Republicans, by the way. I went way up in the polls. Uh, this one is actually worse because if you look at this, it's never happened. A thing like this has never happened before. It's really in, in interesting. I don't last, think the people will stand for it. Last question in the formal interview, and then we'll do a little bit of a history tour. How does it feel to be the most controversial president in history? I don't think I'm the most controversial. Who? who? I don't oh. know, but I don't think I'm, look, I did a good job. I did, I think, a great job. But you're I don't the most, think, that doesn't, let's let me put just that aside, that. though. Biggest tax cuts in history. I know that, but biggest regulation the most controversial president in history. I don't, see, I don't think so. Who I think would be more controversial? Well, they, they've had plenty of controversial presidents. I mean, we've had a lot of controversial You know presidents. me, I'm a, I'm a historian. And I'll tell you what, somebody said the other day, also a historian, said they don't know of any president that's done more. We rebuilt the military. We started Space Force, not for 75 years with Air Force, has 
a new military branch been developed, and we have it developed and fully developed. We've done so much. And you know what we did that some people love beyond imagination, the vaccine. If I didn't come up with a vaccine, we did it in less than nine months. It was supposed to take three to five years, and they were never going to have it. Okay, I don't want you to say no, anything. No, no, but when you do these things, what's controversial? I think in the end, I no, may no, go no, down No, 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 it's not a, what you did. It's who you are. No, I know, but I think in the end, I will be judged not necessarily for controversy, but because of what I agree with that. Down the road, they're going to look at what you did. Now, Even gonna, a subject that you talk about, and you'll be talking about in your next book, I knocked out 100% of ISIS. Right. I took it over, it was a mess. They have a map, and the red was ISIS. It was all over. I said, wait a minute, this is all over. Within 12 months, it was all, we, we won 100%. You know that. Yeah, knocked know out al-Baghdadi, knocked out Well, Killing Soleimani. the Killers, it comes out November 2nd. Nice book Nobody did me. what I've done. They'll know what you did. Good. Because this That'd book be is good. straight That'd facts. That would be my great right. honor. Now, um, I'm not going to talk about the vaccine because I'm going to lead with that in the Trump O'Reilly history tour. Okay. That is the first topic I'm telling you in advance because that is the most important topic that this country is now coming out of COVID. Whereas if you go to Europe or Asia, they're still locked down. So I want to know how you did it. So that's the tone of the history tour. Here's my first question. It took you two months to sign on to this. You didn't, you had to think about this. Is it because of me? No, uh, you and I have always had the best interviews. We've done a great, we've had a great relationship, right? And oh, you and I have some very good friends that we also do some good work together. You and I have always done well together. You're tough, you're smart. Uh, I enjoy the interviews with you very much. And you know, we've, we've- uh, So why did it take you so long to sign on to this? Because it's a lot of work. You know, I have to get in a plane, you fly there, that. be interviewed, and then leave, right? There's going to be 15,000 people who love you well, in these arenas. And I'm hearing you're setting records, and we're setting records with what we're doing. We're doing, doing so well. That's good. That's good. Uh, but I remember in Detroit when you were running, and then you were mad at me because I had, I guess, criticized you. I don't even remember what that. You said I needed a psychiatrist. So I've hired a psychiatrist good. to come with us good. on the tour. That's good. I like that. I think that's good. Maybe I'll use him too. You know, I think you're really secretly, you'll never admit it to me, looking forward to the Trump O'Reilly history tour. I, I think am. you're looking yeah. forward to it. I think we're going to have a good time. But more importantly, I think we're going to educate a lot of people as to the things that I've done in the administration. Even the things that we did together. We had a lot of, you know, you, you had an influence. And by the way, Sean Hannity had an influence. There are people that have had a great influence, a positive way, but there are people that are absolutely disgraceful. We don't have a free press, as you, I think, right. would And you're going to name names in this history tour. Oh, we'll name names, yeah. All I don't right. mind that at all. Mr. President, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you very much, Bill. It's an honor. We're going to have a lot of fun. All right, so those shows, uh, just go to BillOReilly.com, and uh, we got two in Florida, Fort Lauderdale and Orlando, two in Texas in Houston and Dallas in uh, December. And I, uh, I think it's going to be history. I mean, I, it sounds like a cliche, but I got so many questions and I don't know the answers to them. And only President Trump knows the answers to them. He's the only one who does. And the stuff's never been reported. So I want to check that out. Now, the lawsuit yesterday uh, is obviously um, causing concern in the progressive liberal precincts in America. 
because at this point, the social media companies melded with the progressive movement. There's no doubt about this. There's no two sides to that story. We all know that's true. So if Donald Trump wins, and it'll take him three years or so, it'll probably come right up to the 2024 presidential race. If he wins um, and basically says uh, that the First Amendment is being violated by the social media companies, and they're, of course, not allowed to do that. It's unconstitutional. The whole thing changes. All of this changes in a heartbeat. Now, there may change legislatively if the Republicans control the House and the Senate in 2022, um, and it could happen. Joe Biden will never sign it, but you can, you know, depending on how big they win, override his veto. So the social media companies are now on the defensive for the first time. So last night, of course, it was reaction, and I'm going to play you both pro and con lawsuit. First, those who oppose. Go. I have to see this complaint because I'm fascinated to see the theory of liability here. Look, this has been settled law for a while. Facebook, Twitter, yeah, those are private companies. Right. They can invite people into their club. They can dismiss people from their club. And moreover, the president knows that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act gives not only immunity to these social media companies, but it also has a, a good Samaritan provision, which allows them to also police activity in a sense to, uh, to single out material that's offensive or lewd or lascivious and get rid of it. This is more of a PR stunt uh, than a legal case. They know this case will be summarily dismissed, and that just adds to the talking points that the, even uh, the, the courts are out to get him. I do not believe the case will be summarily dismissed. A lower court might, a federal lower court, but the Supreme Court will hear it. And you can't run any company or corporation if you are violating a constitutional amendment. You can't. Simple man right here. Simple man. That's it. Now, here are the people who support the Trump lawsuit. Go. You know, I always say there's many ways to fight a war. And we actually are in, I would say, an information war with big tech. And, you know, when you're in a war, you need foot soldiers, you need tanks, you need an air force. I would say that in this war, we need lawsuits like Trump is doing. But the heart of the legal claim here is that these private companies are not actually acting as private companies. They are acting on behalf of the federal government, and they are protected by the federal government in the form of Section 230C2 when they do it. So that's the heart of this argument, which is what makes this case different than, what nor than when normal private companies behave as private companies. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get anywhere, the private company government axis. But certainly uh, the Trump lawyers say, look, if, if Twitter and Facebook, and all of these social media things are going to allow Iran unfettered access to do what they want, and then they're going to censor a president of the United States, there's something wrong. That's a strong argument. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundations Never Forget programs engage people in 9 
9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. All right. The Capitol Hill riot so far. 535 people have been charged. All right. Federal charges. 535. 495, the overwhelming majority, have been charged with entering a restricted federal building or grounds. Okay? There are other charges against some of those, but that's the main charge. There are 300 other people suspected who have not been arrested yet. So the Justice Department, the FBI, is aggressively going after the people who invaded the Capitol, as they should. No excuse for what those people did. None. Okay. But isn't it interesting that Joe Biden, Justice Department, going after these people aggressively, but all the violent criminals, all the killers in Chicago and L.A. and New York, nothing. Nothing. Why? Because the people in the Capitol are white. And most of the violent criminals are black. That's why. Gas. Now, this is going to hurt the Democratic Party. Hasn't yet. Will. So, as you know, gas is way, way up. Um, And right now, the national average is $3.25 a gallon. Before Joe Biden was inaugurated, it was about $2.15 a gallon. So it's up about $1.10. Uh, AAA says the average price of a gallon of gas is going to increase 20 cents more. That'll bring it up to about 3.50 a gallon, okay, by August. Okay. Now this is, as I've told you and told you and told you, right on the doorstep of Mr. Biden, because as soon as he got in office, he's put regulations on the production of oil in the United States. Remember, under Trump. We were oil independent. We had so much oil, we were selling it overseas. And that kept prices down. Now, after COVID, there's a surge of people driving again. They need gas. So the oil companies go, oh, this is good. We'll raise prices even more than we have to because we know that Biden's going to cripple us down the road. And that's what's happening. So I I did a stat on the radio today that that says there are about 50 percent of Americans who have no or little savings in the bank. They have a little money in a check account to pay their mortgage and whatever they have to pay rent. But they don't have any any backup, About, about half don't have anything. So these people now are paying 30 to 40 percent more in gas and energy costs. You got to air condition your house. Got to heat your house. Okay, all of that is, is taking what little money they have away from them. Because salaries are not going up. Even though people 
are uh, companies need workers, and they do, most of those companies are service industry companies. They're not white collar. Okay? So the salary is a salary. You can make 15, 16, 17 bucks an hour, but it's not the big, big jobs. So people who don't have any money are going to have less money and be more dependent on the government for stuff. COVID. So Maryland, uh, interesting, they uh, put out data on May. 100% of all the people who died in Maryland in May from COVID were unvaccinated people. 100% of them. Okay? 93% of the hospitalizations unvaccinated. 95% of the new COVID cases in Maryland unvaccinated. That's a very interesting stat. Okay, because it says if you aren't vaxxed, even though cases of COVID nationwide are dropping, that it's around and you could get it because nobody's wearing a mask anymore. So there are unvaxxed people walking around without masks. They could get COVID. In fact, half 25 states in the union, COVID is trending up, but it's almost all among the unvaccinated. So if you're not vaccinated, you're in danger. That's the point. Time is our most precious asset. And many listeners seek advice on utilizing it wisely for personal growth and societal impact. Hillsdale College addresses this need by providing more than 40 free online courses on essential subjects. Dive into C.S. Lewis's works, explore Genesis narratives, grasp the U.S. Constitution's significance, unravel the Roman Republic's history, or delve into the ancient Christian church with these valuable courses, all accessible free. Now, you might want to check out Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution, a 12-lecture self-paced course Gain insights into the Constitution's design, its challenges during the Civil War, and its century-long struggles with progressivism and liberalism. You can enroll at hillsdale.edu bill to become a defender of American freedom. Please join now. It's free, easy, and essential for safeguarding our liberties. Visit hillsdale.edu bill to register. I don't know why anybody wouldn't be vaccinated at this point. I know there I, I know the conspiracies. I know, I know, I know, I know. But we live in a country that's pretty much through COVID. Go to Mexico, go to Canada, go to Europe, go to India. COVID's everywhere. Why? They're not vaxxed. This isn't hard math. It's not hard math. Japan. Now, the Olympics are going to begin shortly, Friday, July 23rd. It's going to be trouble in Japan. Why? They're not vaxxed. About 20% of Japanese are vaxxed. You would think that Japan would have 80, 100%, because in Japan, there's no dissent. The government tells you to do something, the Japanese do it. It's not like America. Japan is a very, very 
not an authoritative system, but their tradition is to obey the central government. They don't have the vax. So all these athletes are going to Tokyo and you don't have to be vaccinated to compete in the Olympics. You do have to take COVID tests, two of them, upon arriving in Japan. But this is a disaster. Where do you see what happens here? So kids, athletes are going to get sick. Uh, they're going to have to drop out. The bubble they're living in is going to be penetrated. I mean, you can see it. Now, why wouldn't the Japanese say you got to be vaccinated if you want to compete? I don't know. Now, some of you know that I taught high school at Pace in Opelika, Florida, a suburb of Miami, a very tough ghetto neighborhood. I did that in the early 70s, and I enjoyed my time at Pace High. So when I was following the Surfside condo collapse in North Miami Beach, all right, I saw a survivor, a 15-year-old boy, Jonah Handler, was featured in some of the news accounts. Jonah goes to Pace High School. That caught my attention. So I looked into this a little bit more, and then I talked to one of our producers here on the No Spin News, a guy named Dave Brown, who's been with me for a long time, Um, and he knows the family. He knows Jonah's family. So first, let me set up what happened. Go. A teenage boy, now identified as Jonah Handler, rescued from the rubble after part of the building he was in collapsed. You know, he was just screaming, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. That's Nicholas Balboa, who happened to be in the area and heard Jonah's cries for help after parts of his high rise came crumbling down early Thursday morning, trapping him underneath. I saw an arm sticking out of the, uh, the wreckage. Um, and he was screaming, you know, can you see me, you know, and whatnot. So we, uh, we started to kind of climb up to him, um, you know, to, to, to try and see if we could get him free. Um, but it, there was, it was too heavy, uh, too much rebar, stuff like that. It was going to take a, quite a bit of effort to get him out. But due to the amount of debris and wreckage, he was unsuccessful. You know, we got fire and police over there. So uh, I was able to signal a police officer using the, uh, the flashlight of my phone. Um, and so the police officer came over, he got up to him. A short time later, Jonah, who attends Monsignor Pace High School and plays on the school's junior varsity baseball team, was finally pulled from the wreckage with nothing but the clothes on his back and a few broken bones, along with his mother, whose injuries were told are more severe. And his mother, Stacy Fang, 54 years old, died. So, <clears throat> anyway... A terrible situation there, Stacy, because many Americans live in condos and apartments and they trust that the buildings are safe. And so this is so horrible because everybody goes, could this happen to me? Now, obviously, this is very rare, but the intensity of the story is very, very important. So let's bring in Dave Brown. He's down in Florida, a factor um, producer, and now works for us at the No Spin News here. Um, how did you meet Stacy? 
Uh, we went to middle school together, Bill. We've known each other since 1978, and we stayed, you know, we remained friends throughout the years. And do you know uh, what happened to her and Jonah? Were they in their apartment? Were they outside? So there were two booms. Around midnight, there was an initial boom. They went out to the balcony, and they went back into the house. They were both uneasy, and Stacy said, I'll get into bed with you. Um, when the second boom happened, the building went down, and Stacy was pulled out of the rubble alive. Um, Jonah, as we saw, was pulled out, and Stacy died later on at the hospital. Um, so I guess right. they rode down. So they were in, in, the ha in the condo, and then, you know, it's obviously a miracle that Jonah's still alive. Now, he's an only child, I understand, right? And his father um, lived away from the, you know, it was a split family. Um, there is a GoFundMe situation now for Jonah, correct? There, there is, yeah. There is a GoFundMe page that was set up by his father. Um, if you look up Stacy Fang or Jonah Handler, Miami condo collapse, you'll be able to donate for his future education, his well-being. Okay, well, that's a worthy thing to do. Um, my final question, and I, I don't want to get, you know, too emotional about this because it's just, it's just very hard for you as a friend of this woman for so many years to process it. I won't put you through that. But just give me in a nutshell why you kept in touch with her for so many years. Um, I'm blessed that we come from an area... We're all still in touch. I mean, Facebook has helped. But um, the kids that I grew up with, the guys and the gals that go back to kindergarten and grade school through high school, um, we're still all really tight. Everybody's in touch with everybody. We were blessed. It was a certain place and time. And, uh, you know, she was just this beautiful lady, this beautiful girl that sat next to me in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Um, our friends were all still our friends. People from here that we went to, grade school together with flew up for the funeral, which was buried in, uh, on Tuesday in, in Long Island. So we've, uh, we've all remained close and it's um, heartbreaking. She was just a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, and we feel terrible for Jonah and his father um, who will have to go on without her. All right, Dave, thanks very much. We really appreciate it. Um, now to the recession. So this is gonna cook uh, Joe Biden, it's coming. I don't know how bad it's going to be. I don't know what's going to happen in the stock market. Don't panic. All right. Just be very cautious, very conservative in your investments because we're going to get a thump. Um, and here is an indicator that no one reports on. That's why you watch the no spin news. So car sales are dropping big time. And the reason is that prices are surging. So imported Vehicle sales in the USA fell 13% in May, domestic 9%, truck sales 8%. These are all falling. Overall vehicle sales 11%. Why? Because the cost of both used vehicles and new vehicles are up big time. Why? Because of the parts. Because the parts can't ramp up. Now, you would think that Joe Biden would be aware of this and make it easier for the car companies to acquire, okay, parts wherever they could acquire them from. 
All right. So that's what a government does when it sees a weakness. And believe me, if car sales crater and two months they have been, that's spilling over into everything else. That's how a recession starts. You get higher gas prices, higher energy prices, higher food prices. And now a big industry like the automobile industry, the vehicle industry is starting to go down big. That's what happens. Biden should know that. He doesn't know it or doesn't care. So that's what's happening. All right, history. This is an interesting story. July 6, 1957. All right, Elvis Presley breaking out. Leave it to Beaver, not on yet, but coming. All right, traditional America at its peak in 1957. When over in England, there were two guys, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. They meet for the first time on July 6, 1957, and they met at the Woolton Parish Church Garden Center, where they were having a fair, and John Lennon's band, the Quarrymen, was playing. He was 16. McCartney was 15. He liked the band. He stuck around when the band finished. They weren't famous. They were just local guys in Liverpool, all right? And he walked up to Lennon, they started talking, and they became friends and collaborators, okay? So the rest is, they, is as they say, history. But the history is unbelievable. So right now, the Beatles, the four of them, all right, after Lennon and McCartney uh, met, then they went through a, a number of bands and they finally got Harrison and Starr and they broke out in 1963, all right? So it took them a while, 57 to 63, to break out. They've sold close to 200 million records in the USA alone. 200 million in the USA alone. Now, I've sold 19 million books here, and I'm walking around like I'm a big shot. 200 million records, all right? Now, Garth Brooks, 156 million. Elvis, 100 and 47 million. So the Beatles far and away the most successful. Now you could say that this today is the most important day in Paul McCartney's life because it led him to become a man who is worth $1.2 billion, McCartney. And that's just on his talent. He's not a mogul. He didn't develop the iPhone. $1.2 billion, McCartney. Lennon, of course, was assassinated. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
All right, here's a final thought of the day after the interview with uh, President Trump. He was kind enough to uh, buy me dinner at his club. And it was the best lobster bisque I have ever had in my entire life. And the scallops were great, too. So at the dinner, um, we were talking about a lot of stuff. And some of it I can't tell you. It's not right. These are personal conversations. But I can tell you one thing, and I don't think he will mind. And by the way, the topics of conversation range from New York sports um, to various personalities in the news because he knows them, I know them, um, that's kind of stuff. But he wants to run again. I've told you that. And there's no doubt about that. So we were talking about that. And I said, because I'm bold and fresh, you all know that. I mean, I'm biting the hand that feeds me. But I'm respectful. I said, Mr. President, if you want to run again, I have one name for you. And I piqued his curiosity. Stop chewing. I said, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill almost single-handedly saved Great Britain during World War II. They voted him out. Boot, booted him. Prime Minister, he lost. But then he made a stunning comeback. I said, you got to study got to study Winston Churchill. Now, Churchill and Trump, very similar. Both blustery, you know, don't suffer fools, coming to come at you. Trump a little more um, flamboyant than Winnie, but they're close. So I said to President Trump, if you are going to run again, you've got to moderate a little bit. You've got to watch what Churchill did. And I think he was impressed with that. So I thought you'd like to know that. So I hope you enjoyed this program tonight. I hope you will go to BillOReilly.com. I hope you will tell people to sign up for premium members so they can see the entire interview, anyone you want. And I hope you will consider coming to see Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly in a history tour. All right? So all of that is going our way now. We have a lot of momentum here. We have a lot of momentum on the first, on BillOReilly.com, on Killing the Mob. The winds have shifted, and it's all because of you. And we thank you very much for watching. Talk to you soon.